Hello, it's September 14 and this is On The Campaign, a daily podcast wrapping all the big stories from the election 2023 campaign trail. I'm Georgina Campbell and I'll be your host for this episode. Later, I'll be joined by New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin to discuss the public pressure National is facing over its foreign buyer tax plan. But first, with 30 days to go until the election on October 14, our politicians are continuing their push to secure votes. For National, Christopher Luxon was out appealing to a core demographic heading to rural Canterbury. Luxon reiterated the primary sector is a vital area of growth for New Zealand. As part of National's pledge to the farming community, the party will eliminate resource consents for building water storage on farmland, although consent is still required to take water. The party will also remove red tape for stopping the creation of wetlands on farms and remove consent requirements for the majority of commercial fruit and vegetable production, while also increasing penalties for breaking biosecurity rules. In a press conference after delivering his usual message about Labour's economic mismanagement, Luxon spoke of the importance of farmers for New Zealand. But New Zealand's economic recovery starts in rural New Zealand because rebuilding the economy will start right here on farms like this one. New Zealand's economy absolutely depends on the primary sector. And last year, agriculture contributed more than three quarters of all our goods exports. So when farmers are strong, New Zealand is strong. In Christchurch, Luxon toured Hagley Windows and Doors, where he received a glass chopping board done up with the national logo, as well as visiting businesses around the Riverside Market. Meanwhile, Chris Hipkins was on the West Coast today. He toured multiple towns, including Hokitika, Greymouth and Westport. He visited projects that have been supported by the government, including through the Provincial Growth Fund. Hipkins also met with Nan Dixon, a 91-year-old woman who is a lifelong Labour supporter and urged her preferred leader to take down the Tories. While on the West Coast, Hipkins announced the government is investing $22 million across 18 roading projects in the area that have been affected by extreme weather. The money is coming out of the already budgeted for Transport Resilience Fund. Earlier, the Health Minister, Dr Ayesha Virul, also announced $12.3 million in funding for a new birthing unit at Waitakere Hospital. The new unit will allow 500 more babies to be born at the hospital each year. It's expected to open in May 2025. It's worth noting both these announcements are actually government announcements and will come out of existing budget lines. Speaking of extreme weather, things got a little tense at an environmental debate in Auckland last night. At an event hosted by the Environmental Defence Society, politicians were asked if they believed there is a climate change emergency. First up was ACT's climate change spokesperson, Simon Court, who is also spokesperson for Transport, Energy and Resources. Not because politicians said there is. Is that a no? No. He was followed by National Scott Simpson. Uh, we, we didn't support the debate on uh, the That's term. Not, not what I asked. Is there a climate emergency? There's a climate issue. And then Greens co-leader James Shaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think you only need to um, ask the people who are still displaced from their homes in Tamaki Makoto, in Te Tokoro, in Tairawhiti and in the Hawke's Bay. And in Libya. And in Libya and in Greece.
It's worth noting Parliament did declare a climate emergency back in December 2020. Later in the debate, the division over climate sparked a strong rebuke from Shaw, who is of course currently the climate change minister. If you're thinking about the shape of the next government, which, you know, if this is an election panel and an election debate is really what this is about, then, you know, yes, I think we've kind of fairly adequately gripped what's at stake in terms of, you know, the shape of the, of the next government. But I think just spending all of our time kind of dealing with or, or kind of pandering to the most extreme view in the room is kind of unhelpful. You know, we haven't heard a lot from John um, and... In fact, most of the issues that we're kind of going through, we end up kind of dealing with this clown show. Thanks to News Talk ZB's Demelza Jackson for her coverage of that event. ACT will be hoping for better headlines early next week, with leader David Seymour announcing the party's plans to release its fiscal policy by Tuesday. And in an update to some news we reported on last week, the Greens and the Opportunities Party have joined Labour and National in backing calls to change the laws around stalking. This has come after the murder of AUT student Fazana Yakabi. You can listen to our September 7 episode from last week for more on this case. And in disappointing news from Tamaki Makoto, two MPs vying for that seat, current MP Pene Hinade and Te Pāti Māori candidate Takutai Kemp, have both had some of their signs vandalised with racial slurs. According to One News, Hinade said in a video that this is the first time this has happened to him after nine years in Parliament. We'll just take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to On the Campaign. As polls continue to show that National is likely to lead the next government, more questions are being asked about the state of their tax policy. For those watching Christopher Luxon's press conferences live, he often starts them by railing against Labour's economic mismanagement, as I mentioned earlier. However, the party has still not released the full details or review of their core foreign buyer tax policy. But three economists today have released analysis that suggests there is a $2 billion hole in National's plan. For more on this, I spoke earlier with New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin, who I first asked about who the experts were behind this latest analysis. There are three um, experts, economists, one from the left, one from the right, and one who is the head of research at CoreLogic. So Sam Warburton, um, sort of traditionally thought of as, as kind of on the left of political economy, Michael Riddell, former Reserve Bank, um, uh, head of financial markets, he's sort of thought of as being on the on the sort of right right leaning um, side of New Zealand sort of politics and economics. And CoreLogic head of research, Nick Goodall, who who does all of CoreLogic's sort of property data uh, work. Now, what they've found out, they they looked at National's um, assumptions of revenue that they they thought they'd get from this um, foreign buyers tax, and they didn't find it particularly credible. Um, they reckoned that the way National had calculated the revenue it would get was to estimate you'd get about seventeen hundred sales a year. Uh, and the average sale price of that would be about two point nine million dollars, and then you get to then you get to sort of what what the Nets calculated. You'd get in revenue every year from this foreign buyers tax, which is seven hundred and thirty nine point five million dollars. 
so they have run their own models. They ran three different assumptions through them. They, they created three different models with different assumptions. And they, you know, came out about half a billion dollars short each time. Wow. Okay. That that doesn't sort of sound great for uh, Nationals tax cuts then. I mean, what has the party said in response to these findings? They basically said, trust us. Uh, and they've said, you know, different economists come to different views about a lot of things uh, and they're confident in their own numbers. Uh, the problem for National is that, um, well, yeah, of course, different economists do come to different views about a lot of different things. Um, most economists um, have come to the view that the the, uh, the the assumptions of revenue are a bit of a stretch here. So um, a couple of economists, the likes of um, Infometrics, Brad Olson, um, independent economist Cameron Bagri, who runs his own consultancy, they both say, like, look, you know, it's possible the national nationals revenue assumptions, you know, are possible at a stretch. But both of them just to concede that would be at the upper bounds of what they would expect to be generated from it. Like, the, it seemed like a bit of a stretch. No one's really coming out and saying, um, and saying, look, we think, yeah, this totally stacks up. You know, this is of all the of all the um, revenue assumptions that we think you, you could get from this tax. This is sort of smack bag in the middle. Might come a bit under, might come a bit lower, but we think this is sort of credible. Um, no one's really really saying that. Um, Woodrum Capital's Rodney Jones is the only one who's sort of saying um, he would like this sort of a stamp duty style um, tax. But he thinks um, he thinks Australians and Singaporeans could be included, and then you could potentially get to that kind of revenue. So, so that's 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 probably the most um, the, the, the closest the National Party gets to to some economists coming out and saying we we, we think this is um, this is on the money. What I don't understand is why don't they just supply their workings? I mean, their policy now has been scrutinised for days on end. This is a long-running news story now. You know, if National is so confident in them, Christopher Luxon keeps, you know, telling us to trust him. Like, what is there to hide? Why don't they just release their workings? I've been very secretive about these workings. They've got um, economists from Castalia, who say that? So, that, so when I say there are no economists who stand by these numbers, the the only ones who who do are the the consultancy Castalia who were paid to beat um, the numbers. So, which is what you normally do. Everyone does this during a campaign. As a political party, will do its own costings. They'll send them off to a, an agency and have them costed independently. So, Castalia have have, cost, have have assessed the national party's plans and given them the um, the tick of approval. Um, but what you know, curiously, National is not actually releasing Castalia's report of of their numbers. So National's releasing its own kind of tax plan and its own workings, but they're not releasing what Castalia actually said about it. They're only releasing a summary of that, um, which is quite unusual. Last election, last election, Judith Collins and Paul Goldsmith held a massive event for their, releasing their tax policy, gave people a couple of hours to look at it, to, to digest the numbers. They released the full report from NZIER, which went into detail about whether the National Party's assumptions were correct, that they thought they were, and that they did a massive event to get people familiar and comfortable with their numbers. This year, National did nothing of the sort. and It handed the numbers out half an hour before it published them. It did not give them out under lock-up conditions at all, like, like they did three years ago. And it still, to this day, has refused to release that independent assessment. So, you know, Christopher Luxon does say he's confident in the numbers, but ironically, he's actually much less confident in terms of what he's doing with the numbers than what Judith Collins was three years ago. And perhaps I think when you think about what happened to Judith Collins and those numbers, it's possibly a case of once burnt, twice shy. <laughs> And, you know, we've had a couple of polls out now that 
sort of um, have national hovering around the the forty percent mark. Um, the you know the gap between Labor and National is widening, and these polls, I believe, do take into account the announcement of um, National's tax policy. Uh, you know. It, it seems like voters maybe aren't too concerned about whether it, it stacks up or not. It, it sort of doesn't seem like it's affecting them in the polls. Do you have any any indication of of how this might sit um, with you know the, the everyday person looking at this tax policy? Yeah, there are two parts of the tax policy. One is what you get, and one is how you pay for it. Sorry, the other is how you pay for it. Um, and and this, I think voters are voters seeing this this election to be looking at um, what they get rather than um, rather than how national wants to pay for it. Certainly, the 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 way that they want to pay for it is is coming under a lot of scrutiny, and there do seem to be quite legitimate questions around it. I think it's probably fair to say now that the consensus of economists and experts is that there are there are some serious questions around around how national will pay for the the scheme. Voters, I think, possibly feeling a bit fatigued after six years of Labour. Uh, seem to have decided that they want to ignore that and um, and and are looking at those tax cuts and thinking they deserve one. Um, and, and actually, I think that's sort of fair enough. You know, the last the last big bracket adjust, adjustment that was made um, was made in 2010. So it has been a long time since voters have um, have, have had some serious sort of tax relief, and 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 they're probably thinking they they're they're overdue it. Thanks again to Thomas for joining us. Now, Luxon was on the defensive again today around this policy. Economists have a range of opinions. Uh, We've had a set of economists, independent economists, review our plans <laughs> and are very comfortable with it. And that gives us great confidence that actually, importantly, we've got a great plan here. Gosh, I'd really love to see the full workings of that plan. Anyway, Labor is getting their digs in where they can. So it's about time that he was more upfront with the New Zealand public and showed the New Zealand public what exactly it is they're going to cut and why it is that they think that tax cuts now are affordable. And while the polls may show National ahead of Labor, a Taxpayers Union Courier poll has shown that a National-led coalition is the coalition people see as being the most chaotic. So a small victory there for Hipkins and his Coalition of Chaos line. While we are chatting about the economy, analysis of donation returns published by the Electoral Commission by RNZ's Farah Hancock has revealed that Labour received no business donations over $15,000 during 2021 or 2022 and no donations over $20,000 in 2023. On the other hand, National received $1.1 million during the same period. Even the Greens received more with $100,000. Tomorrow, Chris Hipkins is heading to Porirua and Christopher Luxon will be spending the day in Auckland. In the meantime, this has been On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more election 2023 coverage, head to nzherald.co.nz. I'm Georgina Campbell and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.